Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and get a unique WordPress website or store right away. From there, you can customize your design, colors, and content. And Bluehost automatically helps you get found in search engines like Google and Bing. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins, Bluehost makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Future Proof, the marketing podcast from Said Business School, University of Oxford, and Kantar, the marketing insights and consulting company. In each episode, we'll have a frank discussion with industry experts to help brands and business leaders navigate the changing landscape of marketing. I'm Jane Osler, Global Head of Media, Insights Division of Kantar. Our guest today is Steve Parkinson, and Steve is the MD of Bowers National Radio Brands in the UK. For those of you that don't know, they include stations such as KISS, Magic, Jazz FM, and Absolute Radio. So there's a whole range of stations there which appeal to a whole load of different people. And what I'm going to be doing today is asking Steve more about radio in general, um, and also some of the things they've been doing in recent times during lockdown, because I think it's a really interesting story of how media has had to adapt and evolve. So Steve, welcome. Thank you. Hello. And I wanted to find out just briefly, first of all, how did you get to what you do today? What's what's your background? In a nutshell, I probably my career split into two, I suppose. Early on, I worked in theatre and events, arts festivals, and then moved now into predominantly, I have to say, most of my career has now been radio with a little bit of uh, TV, but certainly uh, commercial radio is what I've worked in, really working up through producer to programme director, then moved into commercial and worked in sponsorship and promotions, uh, and then working up to, to management. And now here I am as managing director across um, sort of six or seven national radio brands, as you said, including Magic and so on, but also Scala, a new classical service and jazz. So genres and formats, I guess, across a range of ages. Uh, and we're all based in Soho in a seven floor small building with 350 staff and presenters. And you can imagine they're of all ages and experiences to match the various brands that we have. And there are 23 studios in this building which will become interesting in a second the national service just for some context fits sort of complementarily to another hundred local stations that bauer media has run by uh, another md graham bryce so we've got a kind of national set of services and a big network of, of local radio stations as well wow so so it's a huge a huge operation and i guess just 
picking up on your point about 350 people um, all in in one building in in central London, I assume that that has changed quite recently. And I wanted to understand more. Did you have any contingency plans for a lockdown or not being able to be in the building? How how have you prepared for what you're doing now and how you're operating? You can have uh, plans for many things, uh, but as many as many many businesses and companies have said, whether you happen to be fortunate enough to have made plans to consider a pandemic happening, there's probably a very, very small percentage who uh, can claim to have done so. In radio, though, I suppose that one of our main missions is to continue broadcasting 24-7. And whether you're the BBC or commercial, you have a remit with Ofcom that requires you to do so. I, I came back from holiday on, on March the 2nd and was aware that Italy was already in the crisis, really. And there was some talk in the UK, but it was a bit laid back, as people in the UK might uh, recognise. So I spoke to Jonathan Dean, our head of technology, and said, I just think we need to pull out the plans and dust them down a bit. Now, those plans tend to be for three things that you talk a couple of times a year about and you never actually think will happen in your career. And actually, all of those three scenarios happened in one month. And those three scenarios that you never want to happen are... Number one is a short-term evacuation of your building. So, you know, we're in Golden Square in the heart of Soho. Things can happen in London. And whether that's short-term terror alerts or fires next door or whatever, you need a short-term plan so that you can leave that building and continue broadcasting. Now, for that short-term plan, normally we would throw to our Manchester studios or uh, down to the South Coast and, and maybe go to another building. Obviously, we couldn't do that. The long-term evacuation is really what you never want because it has always been deemed impossible to broadcast all of those services from elsewhere or you know from home which is what we ended up coming to do the third thing which we'll maybe talk about a little bit later is obituary procedures and we very nearly had a full obituary procedure or obit procedure as you call it in radio for uh, Boris Johnson, who was seriously ill at one point from COVID itself. We, we were kind of at DEFCON 1 on uh, on the obituary procedure, but on, on the evacuation on the 14th of March, and again, the UK lockdown was on the 23rd of March. So fortuitously, I said to Jonathan, let's just throw a test closure on the 17th and 18th. So we gave everyone three days notice that we were going to do a full trial. And again, there are actually 25 services in total that come from this building. So we were going from all operating in one building to pretty much 25 mini outside broadcasts all coming from presenter homes. So that was a, a big change. So we did the test on the 17th and 18th of March, whilst I have to say other national services in other companies carried on from the studio. So it was a big test and it was sort of all eyes on us. And I have to say the test went so well that with a lockdown looking imminent, we actually kept it in place and here we are recording this towards the end of May, and we've never been back. So we're all broadcasting 24-7, the same services from many, many different locations, which I have to say is astonishing. Wow. And did you have to help your presenters and your producers by shipping special equipment to people's homes? Or is it all done via laptops? Tell us, tell us how the technology works. Last year, we, again, luckily had been testing some outside broadcast kit. You know, if we want a presenter to go and broadcast from a shopping centre or a park or abroad, as we do 
maybe six or seven times a year. So six or seven times a year only, we would use this kit. And basically that's a, a basic mic and mixer kit so that if the presenters in a park, maybe with a producer, they can record or broadcast from a different location and all of the music and the main brains of the radio station stays back at base. So we tested that kit late in 2019 and the test had gone so well that all we did was suddenly buy a whole lot of that kit. It's called Zeta to go. It basically was the lifeline that we needed and it allowed us to be as agile and as flexible as we needed to be. If I paint a picture, if we have 100, 120 presenters across our major brands, and it's everybody from you know Simon Mayo, X Radio 2, who's now at Scala, the classical service. We've got Ronan Keating, the singer, who's uh, now at Magic. And we've got young presenters from KISS. So again, very experienced presenters and new emerging uh, talent. And suddenly they were all at home, all on a laptop and a range of microphones that either they had themselves or yes, you know, we shipped kit urgently to them. It was uh, a kickbollock scramble <laughs> that we had in those few days to, to kind of test it. But the kit largely, I have to say, and we were in good form. And, and so far, I think we're the only broadcasting company to have gone to full off-site broadcasting so early on and you know remain uh, so far and will remain that I would think for, for certainly a number of weeks going forward. So let's talk a bit more broadly about radio during the time of this pandemic and the lockdown because some of our research, um, our COVID-19 barometer research shows that radio consumption like many other media channels has, has gone up during this time and radio listening has gone up actually amongst all, all age groups. And some of our data shows that it's gone up, you know, by about 15%. This is what consumers say they're doing. They li say they're listening to more radio. People listening to podcasts and streaming music has gone up around 12%. So it shows that, you know, radio is, is important, not only generally, but it's also important in a, in a crisis. Why, why do you think radio is important in a crisis? If you go back to the basics of, of what radio stands for, I believe that radio constantly tests as one of the best and most trusted mediums. So, you know, pre-COVID, it's withstood the onset of so many new media and platforms over the decades and still nine out of 10 people in the UK listen to radio every week. It, it's intimate. It's the only media that you can consume in the shower or whilst driving, doing other activities. And importantly, it's therefore seen as the closest friend a media can be it's it often tests test independently as seen as as a, as a trusted friend so in times of crises people turn to friends or in this case radio and actually for many countries where friends are you know can't be there in person either then radio really had to rise the challenge and all of their values Indeed, that radio has sort of came to the fore it can be entertaining, it can be informative, it can be educational, and it also can be comforting and familiar. And of course, it's live. So we can dial up or down the tone, the empathy, the fun, the feelings of the nation. And, and whether you know, you're the BBC or commercial, radio is a critical part of that informing and comforting the nation. In fact, staff in radio were given key worker status. Now that's buried in the small print beneath you know, all of the most important, amazing NHS workers, the care workers, supermarket workers, drivers and everyone else. But down there in the, at the bottom is importantly radio presenters, broadcasters and journalists who can do that job of 
making sure that the nation feels comforted as well as informed. And I, I think that's interesting. And obviously, you know, different radio stations suit different moods and tones as well. So whether you're a sort of an older person isolated on your own, and it literally is your friend, or whether it's informing you or whether it's entertaining, I guess it's playing an incredibly useful role. You mentioned driving in your car. Now, obviously, people's habits have changed significantly. Maybe, you know, the normal day parts that you would normally have in radio, like drive time, for example, or I don't know, Breakfast Show, Prime, for example, have they changed at all? Have you had to change your programming to suit? Yeah, that's interesting. Yes, because when you say drive time, traditionally, a lot of radio stations call their kind of 4pm till 7pm time drive time. And of course, (laughs) we all had no drive time because we were already at home. In general, people listen to radio at home, in the car, at work or on the move. They're the sort of three or four main places that that people listen. And in one fell swoop, there was no in-car listening. There was a massive surge in home and working from home listening. Immediately as we went into the COVID crisis and the lockdown, we were immediately looking at Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Okay, we need to provide extra news. So in those early days, everyone was clamoring for information, whether that was you know TV or radio or, or, or online. Immediately there was no need for traffic and travel other than a stay-at-home message. So actually, that was an interesting one because a lot, you know, there's a lot of traffic and travel on radio and commercially, if it's sponsored, suddenly there's no need to have that feature and that's a difficult conversation with that client who may still want to have a message put out there. Every little part of radio changed in, in one fell swoop. So the news was lengthened, the traffic and travel was cut and actually, yes, in listening habits, they, dif- they changed as well. So obviously people were at home. That There is a lot of research about breakfast listening because it's the, the biggest peak to listening for most radio stations. And so immediately that kind of average, don't quote me, but I think it's about 6.35 is the average London get-up time. But outside London and the further north you go, it's about 7 o'clock, probably different commuting times and so on. But immediately people were getting up later So we had to question what features went out at different times and also where people might have individual routines to breakfast. You know, one person's up and out first before anybody else gets up or other people, you know, there's a family moment. Suddenly everyone's having breakfast together and the traditional breakfast moment is gone. So that also changed the way that presenters have to talk to the audience. So I think kind of there were small and huge 
changes pretty much immediately. Once we saw that the streaming was increasing across different radio stations, we also looked at increasing music rotations because we can rotate the music knowing roughly on average how, how people listen. So we don't want people to hear the music coming around so much if they listen longer. So we extended the rotations and actually brought in more music as, as well. So there was a lot of a lot of different things that we kind of saw and some early actions that we took to try and adapt to what we were understanding people to be doing at the time. Wow. So it's touched almost every single aspect of content and programming and day parts. It, it has really. And, and even commercially, we had to help advertisers with, you know, almost a complete pivot of message and campaign. So we actually set up a tone consultancy in our advertising department to help the biggest national advertisers with tone of voice because we were literally all in it together and everyone was you know when we did go into lockdown there was that sort of shock moment of all advertisers stopped and actually for a couple of weeks you only heard the government saying stay at home there were a few supermarkets that came out to tell you how to queue properly and a couple of banks that you know would say we're here by your side or, or kind of reassuring messages so there was a couple of weeks that we had to go back in and help advertisers kind of review and reset immediately what sort of messages they might want to talk to audiences in the new world. We know as well from our research that consumers actually want advertisers to keep advertising but you're absolutely right it's about getting the tone and the content right and actually that changes probably all the time as well so as we lift out of lockdown restrictions for example that tone and the messages can can change again so I can imagine that advice will have to be continuing for some time. It changes by the week I think as we all adapt uh, through it. So let's come back to the obituary preparation the procedure that you mentioned at the beginning so what actually happened there presumably you have plans in place for when important or uh, famous people die so what was the thinking behind that? Yeah so in the old days (laughs) and in the old days I mean pre-Princess Diana dying in 1997 there was a massive obituary procedure that all British media uh, TV and radio follow and pre-Princess Diana it was there was a lot of people on the obituary procedure obituary procedure is there would be an official announcement by all radio and TV again all neat tidy everybody at 11 a.m on a weekday uh, morning to uh, announce the sad passing of a royal or the prime minister or the head of the opposition. There, there was quite a list. It was sort of every royal and uh, and actually most of the heads of the, the parties. So if the list was probably about 30 pre-1997, I think what the death of Diana told us was that you couldn't control the media. And obviously this was still pre-social media and, and digital. But if something happens publicly, you can't have that slightly old-fashioned British way of, well, we'll all wait until 11 a.m. and announce it properly. That had gone. And actually, for radio, there's terrible stories now that we can look back. But when when Diana's death was announced so so publicly and so tragically, th- there was no protocol. Uh, and actually, at some radio stations that were maybe, you know, just had recorded output, they weren't able to go into uh, that broadcast for hours. So there were some terrible moments where on one station will remain nameless, very sadly, uh, but slightly bleakly, out of the news flash, you could actually insert the news. It went from a news flash that Diana died in, in the car crash, straight into a car insurance ad, which, you know, terrible uh, um, at the time. So a whole load of rules um, were rewritten. Uh, and the number of people shrunk right the way down to key royals. So just four or five of the main people in line to the throne. 
and the prime minister, him or herself. That was all tidy. A new system was brought in where all commercial radio stations have a very small blue light in the studio. And the day that that blue light goes on means that there is a terrible tragedy or major news item. So stand by to, to, you know, to go to our news desk. That's sort of all in the background. And there was lots of written plans for what happens if, should the Queen passing, there's quite a public story about, you know, there's a very detailed plan for the Queen. The Duke of Edinburgh has reported that he doesn't want uh, a state funeral. So there's all sorts of stuff that goes in the, in the background so that people are prepared. And I think, you know, the Prime Minister is on the list, but I don't think anybody had ever planned or thought that the Prime Minister could pass. Now, there's terrorism and so on. Given that we were all dealing with the pandemic and everything that brought, when Boris Johnson fell ill, and actually on one particular night, the reports were really not good. I think that was on the 7th or 8th of April. Now, normally, that little blue light is in the studio where all of our presenters sit. Suddenly, all of our presenters are at home with no blue light. So we had to bring in rules sort of by the hour. And uh, I have to say, we were kind of on PM watch over that night and because we had no network because the presenters are working at home never revealed this but um we actually had to record a news bulletin that we've never had to do before telling the nation that the prime minister had died now that was kept under my lock and key uh, or my um my metaphorical lock and key on my computer with the news editor because if that ever got out by mistake then that would be tragic in its own way. So I think it just shows how much we got to DEFCON 1, as we called it, because we were all sort of awake most of that night, as a lot of the nation were, or however you vote, you don't want your prime minister to pass in these circumstances. It was a close run thing. We managed to put together new rules, but I think it just shows you can have all of these plans on paper, but when it comes to it, you have to be front foot and uh, change the rules by the minute as we did that night. I was going to ask you another question about change, actually. So given that you're broadcasting your studio operations, you're presenting your stations and the content had to change and that listener behavior is changing. I think we've just seen the latest radars, which show that streaming is actually now nearly a quarter of all digital listening hours. What does this mean for the future? Do you think that some of these changes will stick? Do you think, you know, we're going to go back to the way it was before? Um, What are you planning over the next few months? How do you think things are going to change? And are they going to stay like that forever? As we record this, we're Britain has been in sort of eight weeks of of lockdown, give or take. And some of the early indications that we've been able to see from our streaming, so our our digital output that we can get instantaneously, I suppose there's two things. First of all, our our local network uh, during COVID has gone more news, more local voices. We've got Heroes Hour. You know, so if anything, we've turned up the news and information which the local stations and local listeners appear to have wanted for the national stations we've actually in places had less news guessing and talking to listeners they said actually if we really want in-depth news we might go to radio 4 or online or lbc and so actually if you're magic well let's take out the half hour news and let's be comforting and entertaining and give a semblance of normality for people which has been appreciated and i think in that time people have also turned to the familiar and comforting music channels. So we've seen Absolute Radio 70s and 80s, which plays nothing but those decades, or Mellow Magic, which is a kind of gentler sound, as it suggests, or Magic Soul. You know, people have turned to something that's a bit more comforting, maybe again, just to give that sense of normality and and calm. But people have also had more time on their hands to discover 
new, more specialist stations. So actually jazz and Scala, which is our classical service, and actually country hits radio have all seen huge spikes in listening perhaps as people have had more time to extend it so so one upside from this terrible episode is that that this could be a massive uh, sort of sampling period for radio stations and i think looking further out from that I, I guess stations you know will look at listening patterns and and might not go back to uh, ever being the same again I, I think we've certainly turned up the empathy dial even kiss which is you know, talking to under 30, where it's a sort of, you know, young, a bit of mischief and slightly frivolous editorial where everything's upbeat. It's about holidays and good times. Actually, we've turned up our sense of community and our empathy, and we've really turned down celebrity. You know, I think in the new world, if the world of celebrity and celebrity news was seen as slightly meaningless by some, I think celebrities are now going to have to go out of their way to show meaningful activities that they do rather than being papped coming out of you know a club or whatever else so I, I think consumer attitudes have totally changed and I think radio is already adapting to that new normal you've been listening to future proof for all episodes and more information, visit cantar.com or oxfordfutureofmarketing.com. Please leave us a rating and a review and subscribe within your podcast app so you know when new episodes are released. Thank you.